Hello, I'm Jason Rankin, and welcome to the Grass Check Podcast, brought to you by AgriSearch and AFBI. We are bringing you the latest information, insights, and opinion to improve grazing management on your farm. This week, we are joined by Kat Houston from AFBI to discuss the latest information from the Grass Check Plots and Farms, John Moore from CAFRI, Francis Lively from AFBI, and David McKinstry, a Grass Check beef farmer who farms near Macrofelt. David, John and Francis, many thanks for joining us. Kat, so far this year, grass growth has been lagging behind the seasonal average. Is this the case this week? Hi, Jason. Yeah, so we're still lagging behind that average again this week. We're really at the point in the season when we'd be seeing grass growth at its peak. So typically the long-term grass check data shows us that we'd have growth rates at the end of May, sort of approaching 100 kilograms dry matter per hectare per day and at the moment on the grass check plots we're only recording 70 kilograms and on the farms we're down sort of further below that again. What growth are you forecasting for the coming two weeks? So the forecast at the moment, seven day forecast is sitting around about the same at 73 kilograms dry matter per hectare per day. 14 day forecast we're looking at a drop down to about 54.7 in the forecast so we've got the impact of dry weather coming back in again as well as a little bit of the seasonal decline that we typically see after heading anyway. So we have got some rain coming up in the forecast but it's not expected to be that heavy and that's why we're seeing the moisture deficit kick in yet again. Grass quality has been excellent so far this season. Is quality holding up this week? Yeah, this week we've seen a very slight drop in the grass quality. We're still seeing that very high dry matter content around about 22.8% on average, and that's excellent. The ME values of the grass, so the measure of the energy within that dry matter, that's dipped just to 11.8 as an average. That's still a really good figure. We should still be seeing good performance at grass as long as the allocations are matched to the animal's intake needs. But it's down from the last few weeks where ME's been sitting above 12. And a small drop in ME is what we'd expect to see about now, though, with a little bit of air emergence starting to kick in and also the dry conditions and those frosts that we've had in the last couple of weeks. And there might be some sort of plant stress as well. What aspects of grass animal management should farmers be focusing on this week? So I think most people have now got the first cut silage in, certainly around where I am in County Down, or it's going to be well underway. So top of the to-do list is probably going to be getting slurry out onto those aftermaths. And with the temperatures up quite warm today, it's quite warm for the rest of this week and and in the forecast as well. I think it's important to be mindful of nitrogen losses when you're spreading. So to try and minimise that, I'd really suggest using the trailing shoe or a dribble bar approach rather than your typical splash plate. Research has shown that nitrogen losses from slurry spreading can be reduced something like 30 to 70% using those low emission techniques. And some work that's been done in AFBI over the past couple of years has shown if you're applying by a dribble bar or a trailing shoe in the spring, 
you can improve your grass yields by up to 25% as well. And that's because of the increase in the amount of available nitrogen and the reduction of the nitrogen that's lost as ammonia emissions compared to the splash plate as well. John, if I could bring you in now, what aspects of grassland management is it important for beef farmers to focus on at present? Well, think of the amount, Jason, it depends very much where you are, from Middle Ulster across to the West, on lighter soils, especially the fellows who have quite a few sheep on the, on the farm over winter that are finished lambing, are finding that grass covers are low and are not recovering as well as I thought. We had very heavy frost um, over the last couple of weeks. That drop of rain at the weekends made a big difference. You can actually see grass growing for the last two, two days, which is a good help. But I would imagine the hev- more heavily stocked farms are probably lower in quantity than they have been for a number of springs. That said, stock are doing well and, and there's no real issues in terms of performance. Any of the farmers you're talking to are all very happy. The one issue I would say again is this conundrum between quantity and quality. The majority of farmers, I would say, have excess silage left from last winter, although some aren't. Some, some are out. So it'll depend farm to farm whether they have to try and bulk up again for next winter or whether they can go maybe for preferably better quality size now and hopefully a better bulk in the second cut. Certainly, I think Kat was saying in the east, size is well underway. It's probably not just started as much further west, but at the same time, I think people will bite the bullet towards the end of this week and next week and start to knock off first cuts and hopefully we'll have a better yield in the second cut. Okay, thank you, John. Francis, I can bring you in there. What can beef farmers expect to get from grass at present? In terms of grass at present, as uh, Kate already alluded to, the energy is starting to drop slightly and it, we will see further drops in the next few weeks where extra stem is coming in, into the plant and, and that stem will obviously have a knock-on effect on the energy. You know, the potential growth in terms of live weight gain from either cattle or sheep will be lower. That said, management is very, very important in terms of the dry weather, ground conditions are good. People have the ability to grace wards down tight. And by gracing them down tight, that's going to leave the, the regrowth coming back will be of a high quality. And really ensuring that regrowth is, is of a high quality will lead to higher growth for, for the rest of the season. I, I wouldn't, as John sort of said, I wouldn't get too too concerned. Performance should be high. The With the dry season, people have been able to take grass down to a really low level, maybe lower covers than what you would normally do. And as a consequence, that will actually improve quality go, going forward. David, you've been part of the Grass Check project since 2017. What benefits has it brought you? Well, probably one of the main things would be just the share of knowledge between other beef farmers who are interested in grass production. Another thing would be that if I've seen what others have been able to achieve and what I should be able to aspire to. That would be in terms of grass production, utilisation of grass and how to produce quality grass as well. The other thing that we've been doing, is, uh, of course, is measuring the grass. And whenever we're doing that and putting it onto the agronet programme, I've been able to identify the fields which are not producing enough grass and, and then be able to reseed them. And I've also been able to identify the grass varieties and mixtures which perform best in our farm. The other things that we've been working on is soil nutrition, uh, length of the grazing season, and setting up paddocks to try and get as much out of our farm as we can. Um. How has the 2020 grazing season gone for you so far? Well, probably it would all start back February whenever the slurry ban lifted and we were able to get out some early slurry onto a few of the grazing fields. But then, of course, February and March came in really wet and our silage plies and stocks were running fairly low. So we were keen to get cattle out to 
out to the land as soon as we could. But we also had a TB test on the 20th of April, which we had in the back of our head of trying to keep some stock cows until then. So basically, because we ran short in silage, we started to turn cattle out to grass on the 20th of March. And we picked cattle that were less than 400 kilos. And we ended up putting about 100 of them out at that stage. And we fenced them with electric fencers onto the dry hills that we had. Uh, because uh, the soil conditions weren't that great on the on the wetter patches. But then the dry weather came in, and that meant we were able to get our cows and calves out fairly at the end of the first week of April. And then we ended up putting our dry cows out around the 15th of April, which was a lot earlier than we used. normally would. They'd normally stay in to the end of May. And these cows were used to graze around after the, the young stock and take the covers out to about 1,500, which is something we haven't been able to do before. But with the, the way the conditions have went because of the dry weather and grass supplies tightening we've had to feed those dry cows around bales this past two weeks so we always take our young stock over to the out farms but because of the tb test we had to try and keep them at home but the grass covers were getting ahead of us at the, the out farms there so we ended up having to take them over there about the 10th of april because the covers were sitting at about three thousand, and they needed that out and then basically this past month with the measuring we had been aiming to produce between 100 and 120 kilos of dry matter per hectare. But a month ago, it was at 50. And then three weeks ago, it was 50. And then a fortnight ago, it was 75. And last week, it, it actually dropped back to 25 kilos. I mean, the recent dry weather does seem to have impacted you and your area particularly harshly. Our weather station would be in one of our, our, our drier fields. So it's, it's probably not doesn't show the picture of the whole farm but yes on the dry fields we have been affected particularly harshly and you would even see that on on the silage ground where on friday night past i walked it and you would think that the silage was actually starting to disappear that has actually all changed with the rain that we got at the weekend there grass growth does seem to have turned a corner i haven't done any measuring but i can just sort of you can see it starting to grow again what is the current grass situation on your farm well, the current grass situation as of Saturday past was that we had an average grass cover of 2,000. Our daily growth was sitting at 26.8, and that was compared to a demand of 70. But we were supplementing some of the dry cows with, with silage, and we're sitting at about seven, seven grazing days ahead. But that has changed now with the damper conditions coming in, as we're seeing the grass starting to grow. Our cattle are going into covers of about 2,800, although with the drier conditions, that has come back to about 2,200 on some fields that haven't got as long to grow out. And they're grazing out to about 1,600, so we're, we're still happy with that. In terms of silage, when are you thinking of cutting? We're sitting in the queue with the contractor, so I'm hoping to have it cut as, as soon as possible. I know there's a couple of people ahead of us, but either at the end of this week or the beginning of next week. But the forecast for the weekend would show a few showers for from Friday evening, Saturday and Sunday. So I would say it'll be next, maybe Tuesday of next week. Uh, what would your normal practice be in terms of making silage? Uh, well, we normally try to make 60 acres in the first cut. And ideally, we would bolt it for 24 hours. But normally, it's cut in the evening and put in the next day. We roll it for about an hour and then we put the cover on it and... We normally try to have the silo covered with tyres about two hours after the contractor has left, if it all works out okay. John, you're talking, uh, obviously, that in the West, you know, farmers are only getting around to thinking about silage now. What are the key areas that beef farmers should be considering with regard to silage making? Again, Jason, you want to make a decision whether they're going to 
go fairly quickly and, and, and aim for high quality. And obviously, great benefits in having high quality sales in terms of feeding stock, whether it's, it's young stock or, or finishing cattle. But really, to look at this stage at, at the state of their grass, the maturity of the grass at present, again, it depends on the level of, of reseeding. If fairly new reseeds will deteriorate more quickly, so they would need to be taken away fairly soon. Older reseeds, older older pastures have more flexibility from that point of view. In a sowing, you know, again, farmers need to remember when they sowed and allow enough time for nitrates to get out of the grass. I think this is very important for some of the maybe smaller BBC farmers when you're competing here with dairymen in terms of contractors. That conversation needs to be made with your contractor and plan early. There's no point waiting until next week and starting to look for a contractor then. I think this work needs to be done. And if you're speaking to some of the contractors, they say, you know, so west the Cookstown, have been held back. I can see a waiting list for some farms for the next two or even three weeks. So you can work into a problem there, Jason. And again, an eye on the weather. Forecast is good. Maybe a few wet days this weekend. But the long term, what will happen in two or three weeks' time when you're thinking of getting your series cut if you're one of the dealer men? Very important to keep an eye on that. Environmentally, yes, um, obviously, silo, silo management. Now's the time to make sure your silos are up to scratch, prevents leakages and things like that there. I know in lockdown, we have to be careful, but we still have our obligations in terms of environment. Again, good sales management when we're in, we're in sailing, the normal routines. If, it's, if grass is dry, you know, again, rolling quickly and sailing quickly, and there's good benefits in that good sales management at sales time. Francis, what has research shown the advantage of having high-quality silage for beef cattle to be? Yes, Jason, high-quality silage is really totally essential for each production. Equally as important in beef production as it is in dairy production. It's really, really critical if you're wanting to get low-cost performance on the cattle. From about mid, mid-May mid onwards, we will see grass quality decline uh, with more with more fibre co- co- coming in there as the plant starts to go into the reproductive stage and stems start to develop. So r- rule of thumb, you'll see the digestibility value drop by about five units per week as you, uh, as you progress. So really, the earlier you can cut the sardines, now yours, whenever you've got a, a decent yield and still, still good quality, will be important. All our research in API is showing the higher the quality of the sardines, the higher the performance of, you'll get from the cattle. Not only the high performance that you can get from grass sardines, but if you're producing very high quality sardines with an ME of, of 12 or above, some of that sardines is more than adequate to support store cattle or even Venetian cattle. Certainly store cattle would not need concentrate supplementation with high quality sardines. Venetian cattle may need some supplementation but certainly the higher the quality of the sardines, the less the supplementation. And overall in beef production and all the studies that we've been involved with, if you look at the economics behind them, essentially the higher the quality sardines, yes, it might be slightly higher cost to make relative to going for a big, big bulky cut of sardines. But at the end of the day, the actual performance you get from those cattle with the need to put less concentrates in, it pays off dividends where we want to be focusing. Importing concentrates onto the farm is a high cost. And really, if we can avoid that by producing high quality silage, that that's what we need to do. In terms of performance, high quality silage, we have studies at Hillsborough on both dairy origin bulls and sucker origin bulls. And up to 50% of the of an ad lib concentrate ration can be replaced with high quality silage with no negative impact on performance. This is massive in terms of cost saving for the farmer. In heifer and steer production systems, Again, high-quality silage will replace the need for a meal. It's the thing to do. It's basically making the high-quality silage now will reduce the winter feed costs going forward. 
Okay, and looking forward now, you're obviously you're hopeful that that you're you're, you're thinking that rain at the weekend has made an impact. You're you're starting to see it in the fields, but what are the key apart from obviously your silage making? What are the other key as, actions you'll be taking with regard to grassland management over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, well, we have a few paddocks that got ahead of the the cows there and the cattle, so we'll be taking them out for round bales probably in a fortnight's time. And apart from that, it'll be just really trying to maintain a good graze out and utilising as much of our grass as we can because it's something that we're not normally able to to do whenever you have wetter soil conditions. Um, and yeah, basically hold out as many many fields as we as we can for for round bales. Given the current price volatility and uncertainty, many farmers will be looking to get more out of grass. What practical recommendations would you give to farmers to help them get the most out of grass? First of all, I think that in the short term that uh, I would probably be looking at watching the weather forecast and trying to put fertilizer on as rain is forecast and and then grazing out as well as possible to increase your utilization. And then if you do graze out really well down to, you know, covers of 16, 1700, then you can apply, we have applied slurry onto those grazing fields and then the, the, the grasses came up nice and green through, through the slurry, you know, but it's probably fair to say that, you know, getting the most out of your farm and out of your grass situation is something that you have to develop over a, a number of years. And I know at home on the farm, we have, it's taken us maybe five years to get to this stage, for, you know, getting our pH right, getting our soil fertility right, drainage right, reseeding, you know, and it's been a, a huge effort really to get to this stage. There's something things you can do in the short term, but really, I think what you're saying there is that the foundation of getting good good from grass is at the right varieties and the right soil fertility. John, do you want to make any comments regard to that? I think uh, Jason, that David has made it quite clear that the foundation was was made over a long number of years. And I know that it's, David's farm is quite a, a lot of farms are quite diverse. It's very difficult to just to pigeonhole a field against another field. So there's, there's a, a range of of soil types there. But um, I think that. If farmers are looking at at, the, at their ground, some people are very lucky and their farms are all the same, but in many cases, especially being sheep farms, there's a wide range of different soil types and problems. And I suppose you can prioritise the ones that are most easily achieved and most easily sorted out. But really, you know, pH and B and K levels are the main ones. If you can get that sorted, any compaction problems you may have. And then I think David's doing a good job on top of that. He really made a big effort in his selection of varieties for grass seed and put a lot of effort into that. I know he has his own maybe ideas of what, what, he, what he prefers, which is, which is very important. I suppose to a lot of farmers who just use off-the-shelf packages from various salesmen, but a lot of effort has gone into the McKinsey farm in terms of really trying to select what grass suits their, their table of land. Jason, if I could just add to that there, you know, in terms of the Grass Tech project, we have around 30 beef and sheep farmers involved with that project over the past three years. Throughout that period, we've, we've looked to some extent at the soil status and basically the PGX and NP and K levels status of the farms. There's a massive variation across farms, between farms, and really that is one of the key drivers to grass production. It's really, really emphasising the point that what John and David have said, need to get the land in the right shape and really advocate doing a soil analysis in the springtime or in the wintertime to really get a good foundation of what you need to do. For that to be a key factor to the amount of growth you can do. But certainly in terms of grass tech over the past three years, part of that research project funded by AgriSearch and Vera, we can clearly see huge improvements year on year by, by each of the farmers. Part of that is through 
the group and the WhatsApp group that the farmers can communicate in and basically lead themselves with. And obviously, David's also part of a DDG group. And again, that's sort of helping with discussion with all the farmers and actually getting the information there. And basically, that information is helping them to make management decisions on the farm that has improved the, the production of grass on the farm through what we're talking about through the management of the soil, but also through the management of the livestock in terms of uh, implementing, you know, moving from less set stocking to, to certainly a lot more rotational grazing. And what research has shown, we can really grow a lot more grass in a rotational grazing system, even on a dry year like what we're experiencing this year. So overall, you know, I think we, we are seeing that large improvement as, as a direct result of that research project. So basically following off what David talked about on things that he's implemented in the farm this year, in terms of getting young cattle out to grass early. We have some research findings from AFI that show you getting cattle out early. That high quality grass in the spring, you mightn't see very much grass. It'll be very, very short. Those light store cattle out onto what looks like a very low covering of grass. But that short, lush grass in the spring is rocket fuel. And our research is clearly showing very, very high levels of performance can be achieved from that grass. And achieving that their level of performance, that will carry if it's through the slaughter. So there was one study that showed getting cattle out 20 days earlier for the first grazing season. Them cattle were actually 20 kilograms heavier at slaughter. And at, if you take beet price at uh, £3 a kilo, that's worth an extra £60 whenever they go to, to, to be slaughtered. So early spring grass and really getting great grass into the diet is vitally important. That's it for this episode of the Grass Check Podcast. And my thanks to Kat Hewson and Francis Lively from AFBE. John Moore from Caffrey and David McKinstry for joining us. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. For more information, you can go to the GrassCheck website www.agresearch.org/grasscheck and the GrassCheck social media channels. I'm Jason Rankin and join us the next time for the GrassCheck podcast. Until then, Stay safe.